Welcome to the show. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you. It's, um, what's today? Ratu. Ratu is uh, chew. Chu in the original language where the, the word Tuesday originated. In Te Ao Māori, its relationship is to tu mata'uinga, or the warrior, the image of the warrior, um, tu mata'uinga, the, uh, yeah, the image of the warrior. That's, um, yeah, that's a, hopefully that's an understandable translation <laughs> for us. Of just the naming, you know, the naming of the days. And yes, so it's not a, it's not a, just a, what they call a transliteration. Then it has a, a meaning other than just trying to sound like something, which I might oh, ignorantly have assumed. Yes, yes, it has to do with the the actual characteristics of that particular. Um, now, how, what's the English word for atua? We use the word atua. Or, or Potirio, the guardian of those. Oh, <laughs> can you hear that outside yeah. my window? I can hear something. What's going on? Oh, so Andy's decided to clean the windows of my office while I'm inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel lucky. I feel blessed. <laughs> oh, we all do. <laughs> because of the uh, the recent uh, weather patterns, and you know. The windows, yeah. Oh, they all yeah. got covered in salt spray. It didn't matter where they, you were. Yes, 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 absolutely. So um, Papa Tuanuku was once again showing her and Tafiri Matia was expressing to us those um, how how powerful they are mm. and, and whipping out trees, you know, uprooting trees and just throwing them around and roofs off houses and many other things, I'm sure, that um, to bring our attention back to knowing the power of uh, nature. Yeah, and I, I, I think actually on, on that subject, I think tomato is still, there might be without, still without power. Hoping to get it back today, I last heard. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, many things are disrupted, and yeah. it's for us to pay attention to that. How can we um, just remain calm and continue with those things in front of us without feeling agitation? I mean, there's agitation, of course, because things have changed and we don't have access to what we consider to be normal, like switching on the power. Yeah. You know, we've come, it's a realization oh, oh, I'm disrupted. I can't do what I would. Well, that's where we must pay more attention to what else is available and what other ways can we navigate going forward. Mm. Actually, that that disruptive state is something we've all been experiencing for off and on for a couple of years now. Yes, it is. It is, and I think it's a really uh, interesting relationship that we're all sharing globally around our relationship to the natural environment. Of Papatuanuku and and Tiao, and how our responsibility, uh, some would call it that you know, it's actually because of our own practices that these uh, climate change is a 
is the key word, I think, one of the key words, that we have actually created these um, environments that, are, that we, we, we're, not, we're not liking. We're not liking at all. Mm, but our responsibility yeah. for them, uh, or do we actually really understand that, that we have contributed and been a large part of those um, disruptions within the natural environment? But also a great, there is a greater uh, story or picture that maybe we don't, maybe we do um, understand that it is really a, a, an evolution of our planet on a global scale. And uh, it's never going to be the same. It's, it's not going to be the same. It's, it's just going to be a, a whole different um, physical, mental, spiritual environment that we're, we need to come f for multiple solutions going forward and how to do that as a collective, um, you know, giving attention to that. How are we going to do this together? Which brings to mind really the uh, whakatauki, uh, which is a, a wise uh, saying or a proverb from te ao Māori, from the Māori word, which goes like this. E hara taku toa i te toa takitahi, engari he toa takitini. And the essence of that whakatauki uh, is to remind us that my strength is not the strength of the individual. It is the coming together as a hapuri community is the strength of many. Um, not only what we call on in, who are living amongst us, in our villages, in our towns, in our cities, but also the ancestral uh, connections that we have to those who have passed on, what they have given us to navigate, you know, going going forward. So to actually look for those and acknowledge that we we can do this collectively mm -hmm. in the, you know, in the because the Western world has definitely become quite individualistic in now um, how we view what what is needed for me, um, rather than what is what is good for all. Do you what think that we can we can fully understand what that means when, when we're in, we're living in the middle of it? We're living in this middle of this individualistic individualistic culture. Um, is it a bit like ask? Is it is it a bit hard to really understand what the alternative is to kind of uh, visualise it? One of the things that has become really clear to me as we are experiencing different ways of responding and reacting is lack of lack of uh, leadership. Mm. Uh, you know who who are our who are our po who are our rangatira and if we rely on an old model, we think that it's they're in government. You know, we we we're, <laughs> you know we think that that's where they are. That's where the rangatira are. Well, I, I'm going to say that we just need to think a bit more deeply about this because they 
they're not in government. That's not the only place for us to to um, receive leadership from. You know, go back to your your places where you where you spend most of your time. Those villages, those towns, and those po, those leadership has to come from there. Um, that's my understanding and how I how I would say that we would receive a greater sense of uh, going forward and to nurture that collective collective being um, from there. But, you know, I'm not dismissing that those who have made the extraordinary journey to Wellington at this time are not are looking in the wrong place. I'm just saying that's not the only place that leadership lies. It's only one form of, um, you know, asking, saying we disagree with you and we need you to change your mind, you know. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Complicated, isn't it? It is, it is. And um, it's not going to be that traditional-looking leadership, you know. It may be the quietest person in the village, the one that's sitting um, next to you on, on at different times and you go, wow, yeah, I re- you know, they have, they have shared something with you and, you and you remember it and you think, wow, I need to consider that. So it's not those who are the loudest, not at all. It's, we tend to assume. We, I think we tend to assume that. Well, we, our reflex is to think that the ones who are the loudest are the leaders. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and they deliberately make sure they're heard, in 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 sense of uh, you know what they're saying. But that I I have seen over the years that that doesn't make them leaders. You know, you have to live amongst your people, and they come to trust you. Um, also, you know, I mean, this whole under there's this whole um, evolution around leadership in in some senses is coming is also coming through those who are being born now, and and that we're nurturing the leaders that are going to take us forward. Uh, yes, they're, they're they're being born. They're an important generation, I feel. Oh, they're essential. We we are really. They're being born into an extraordinary time and there's a lot of healthy kōrero discussion around the the birth of um, the births that are occurring during this time and their participation uh, in 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 the world as as they grow up. We've got to let them grow up. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Give them time, <laughs> but they're already showing signs. Many will talk. Of, many talk about them. You know how how wise wise old souls mm. that mm. they have. Um, you know, at this time, and that's that's something to uh, pay attention to. To to yeah, in terms of um, going forward, I I wanted to share with people. Perhaps a, a two uh, a words two words that have come to my attention. Um, the word drug 
uh, which, you know, drugs. So I, I remember as a child um, hearing uh, through the, you know, American words, and I felt that it was an, I thought it was an American word, <laughs> the word drugs, because you go to the drugstore <laughs> to get, um, to get what? A prescription. Um, so the word drug has now, from what I can see, has become to encompass uh, mainly uh, things that are not a substance that is uh, illegal and not a good idea, you know. And yet there was a t- there's still, you know, I'm sure it's um, a, a well used word in in, in we don't use it so much here as a relationship to going to get a prescription from the pharmacy, mm. but it it does hold a particular meaning. And I would ask that we consider how that word has also um, used to describe a plant. So, a plant, um, it, it, it's considered a drug, you know, uh, it, specifically like the um, marijuana is considered a drug. Yeah. When did that happen? You know, when did that happen? When did we transfer the word drug to be to be that, that plant? And um, really, it's a very unhealthy way of talking about Plants, the uh, the a plant. I'm I'm not saying. Um, I'm just using that as an example because yeah. that's what comes to mind uh, for for us when we use that word. And yet, it it also belongs to uh, substances that are made synthetically and are available to us through a pharmacy. Those are drugs. Those are very clearly from the Western scientific world um, when you receive a prescription and you go and you get some drugs yeah uh, you know through from your um, from the Western science in the indigenous world that that whole perception of in in terms of indigenous science I think that has been very detrimental to the Rungwa, how our understanding of medicinal um, plant world, and has an, also pushed that whole um, ancient practice around Rungwa herbal medicine within in in um, the world into a corner, um, and it doesn't acknowledge the uh, medicinal power or, or you know um, of of our plant world I, th- I yeah. think it, it's also that kind of thing it's also happened with the word medicine like like I know in America a lot of things are called drugs like, and they call it the drug store in New Zealand we say we go to the pharmacy to get our medicine but I, I'm interested like like you you are an expert in native plant medicine uh, you have to put an addition on you have to say plant medicine we don't just call that medicine like the um, pharmaceuticals have, have taken over the word medicine I guess 
And then anything else, anything else that's not a pharmaceutical, you have to put a like a qualifier on it. So that's a plant medicine, or that's some other kind of medicine, uh, but it's not the main type of medicine. I guess is the implication of those words. Absolutely, and I think it's been really harmful to a huge ancient system that has served its communities um, all over, you know, in China, you know, the practice of herbal medicine and, um, oh, you know, every country that has has a practice around um, putting together the plant world as a medicine for for their um, communities. It's really undermined that science, that indigenous science that has always been there uh, because Western science seems to uh, really want to dominate and has dominated the... Uh, it's, it's spoken the loudest, really. It's just, you know, stood up and said, we're it, you know. And it doesn't uh, recognise what, what you do as being from science, I think? No, not at all. No, it, it's really destructive to those who have had much more uh, holistic approach to uh, the way that the human, the, as humans, that we are who we are. It just really acknowledges the Western medicine concentrates on primarily and almost exclusively the physical being, the physical body. Yeah. And all those parts that make that up, the organs of the body, um, and uh, it's an extraordinary um, um, phys- we, we, uh, physiology, anatomy and physiology. It's absolutely extraordinary. But it seems to think that it's, it, it's the only way and it is the way. And that's really been very harmful to many, many um wonderful practitioners who have done twice as much study as you would do in medicine. There is uh, a bit of a, I feel like there's a bit of a change, a swing back the other way now. I know that, like I, I interviewed some people last year who um, uh, they're, they're within, I think they're within the universities now and working in the area of Matauranga Māori. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, there, so there is this um, investigation, uh, what we call rangaho and how the uh, the languaging of indigenous language has been um, what does that actually mean you know what is its its original meanings and and how can that contribute to the field of western science um, what what contribution can it make to us to to western science because it's been totally ignored up for a very long time, and and you know it's it's it's, um, it's yeah yeah we just keep going you know we keep going keep working away, and and having these developing these relationships um, so that we have a much healthier understanding and much more medicine available going forward because so at the moment yeah. So how how does it work for you as a practitioner in, in native plant medicine? Like it says that on your your card. Yes. Uh, but but what's your when you when you meet someone who is not well, 
what's what are you looking for? What are you looking to learn before you decide what to do? Um, first of all, the about part, them, learn about them. I mean, yeah. Well, one of the things, the main differences is that Western science has taught us that if you take something for ten days, uh, uh, that's a you it, you'll be fine. Uh, like a um, you know, there's there's a time frame, or or they will indicate uh, you'll be on this for the rest of your life. Mm. You know that that's not uncommon. Yeah. To be given that information and actually to accept it, and you think, oh, I'm going to be on this for the rest of my life. You know, oh, that's what the, that's what I'm I'm being told. That doesn't happen in for the medicine woman or those who have that practice around using the plant world, you, you are not on the medicine for the rest of your life. And it's definitely not of a remedial nature, and it's not going to happen in 10 days. Uh, so if you're looking for the quick fix to, to bring something back to where you can operate, yeah, uh, Western medicine has, has something that's useful, but I would say it doesn't give you empower you to learn why what how did I arrive at this place of unwellness? It doesn't give you that empowering you. It yeah. it basically serves uh, a different purpose. It gives power over. You you've given you give your sovereignty away and that's, you know, a very big difference in how I would how I uh, connect with those who are looking for um, help in within their journey um, to to from disease or um, you know from having a condition a medical condition you know to understand that there are there are multiple levels ways of of serving the journey forward. And, and providing some um, courage to to solve to solve and and the solutions you know having karakia when you're making medicine having uh, an intention for that person so the drugs are not generally made um, generically sitting on a shelf you know and they, you know they're, they're generically you know the pharmacist will go and 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 there's there, there's sort of a whole lot of oh well I'll just yeah I need you know ten days worth of of that that um, anti-inflammatory or or different antidepressants or whatever they whatever they are. So you say it's not like uh, the the one drug will do the same thing for all people approach. No, no, absolutely not. Um, however, having said that. Um, when you take a, med- uh, a medicine from the plant world, it works on different systems to um, bring about ease, the ease of, within and within the body systems. So you can you can um, be more um, well. You you experience a wellness, mm, mm. and you know some. Uh, it's not a little pill, generally. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that little white pill in a bottle. 
it takes, you know, um, different different ways. The the discussion. I mean, you know, we we all know that when you you go into a a clinical situation, you're on a time frame. Yeah. So and and you generally can only receive one. What is it? Medicine for you know, like don't talk about everything. Just because you haven't got time. <clears throat> you know, you have in in that clinical setting, um, in a doctor's room, yeah, and that's where they don't they don't spend any time. They used to, they used to do house calls, you know, but they've lost the art of actually spending time with those who need assistance to really managing it as a time frame. <clears throat> I think our, I think our economic situation <clears throat> is probably forced changes on that in some ways I, I think if you asked a doctor they say I'd love to do house calls there just isn't time anymore yeah I'm sure they also feel it too feel that they're not giving their best <clears throat> uh, you know it's not uncommon to see uh, I, I'm not sure how many patients in an hour but basically that's that's how it works there's so many I have to see per hour so you you really have to go there with a plan that you want a solution for. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, but the patient needs to come with a plan. And you always leave with a prescription, generally. Yeah. So how, is, did it, how, how did it work pre-European times in Māori culture? Do, do we know, <clears throat> how much do we know about how, what you might call a health system worked back then? Okay, so when... Pre-European, illness wasn't really a, uh, something that was considered to be the focus of the community. So to, to stay well, the whole concentration of preparation of food, you know, let food be your medicine, let medicine be your food, <clears throat> that, that was the... The main, one of the main goals was how do you keep the the society that you're living in well? So you didn't wait for disease to be in the community. There was a concentration of how you lived and and you know the whole community from the little the pepe to your elders were. It, it was a primary goal to ensure that wellness was was the main goal. So your water systems, you know, the water that you're drinking. And so that's another thing that's a, quite a interesting corridor around why a lot of people travel with water. They bring it from other places. They don't drink the water where, where they land. Um, I don't know if. Other people may be nodding their heads and going, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought uh, about it much, to be honest, but it's, it's, it is true. Yeah, yeah, they, they actually carry, you know, a big containers in their cars and I go, oh, that's interesting. I, I, I don't know that. I don't know that practice in te ao Māori. It's, a, um, it's quite an interesting practice. You know, people talk about spring water or they got it from – this mountain and, you know, and I'm going, oh, wow, that's a long way to bring your water. Because oh, we didn't have water bottles. We didn't have water bottles pre-European. We drank from the, um, along the way, if you were traveling, 
and yeah. oh, you, you know, you you would drink from the spring because you knew where it was, and you you knew that it's um, it w- would be um, you would be able to drink from it, that it was you know um, good for you, it was be be you know really nourish you, but we we're not trusting that that will be the case. You know, we, we're not trusting that at all. We're travelling with water. I don't think you could trust. I don't think you could trust any random supply of water on the land would be drinkable these days. Yeah, exactly. You know, like how did we get to that point? Yeah, how yeah, how yeah. did we actually get to this place where we're not? We're looking at the water flowing in a stream, and we're going. I don't know. I don't know whether I should drink that. You know, that's um. What sort of legacy have we left? Are we leaving uh, going forward? What, what is what is our uh, this practice that we seem to you know we go to the we go to the supermarket and we buy water? I mean, it's quite something. I still if, haven't got used to that, to be honest. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a I'm not a water buyer. <laughs> I'm not a water buyer. So it I may be in a drought. Yeah, I'm not going to buy into that right at this point in time. It's just doesn't. It's such a basic part of who we are that we our entitlement to water is you know we have an entitlement to good water, and um, we we need to get that right so that we can we can you know cleaning up our streams and estuaries and waterways as we know. Yeah. Or do we know? Do we really know? You know. So. Um, so so coming back to to pre-European times, uh, was it not the case that you got uh, like oh, I've got a bad cold, I'm going to see whoever it is who does the healing in my community. Oh yes, that was a constant relationship with with those in your community who held that matauranga, um, and they were always you know aware of what was. But absolutely, they had their um, pātaka of medicines that were available to their people so that during different times um, they, those medicines were, were available or they knew where they could source them. They absolutely were aware of what was growing around that was and where, they, where those medicines were and what they could be used for, you know, um, birthing, um, passing the passing of someone, the you know the, there was all different medicines that were used at at various times of the um, the life of of the village or the pa yeah, yeah. that were made available. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't that was a special specialist knowledge. Yeah, always was wasn't held by everyone. Because they had other jobs to do, there was other things to keep the like a Swiss watch, you know, to keep everything turning and operating at an optimum. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Those you, you had other parts to 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 manage or to be kaitiaki or. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's the nature of a community. Yeah, if a, if a community actually understand that those relationships, you know, you have this incredible um, diversity, this offering of of gifts, you know, the gift economy, 
you know, find money. Money was there was no money, you know, pre-European. There was there wasn't any ten dollar notes. <laughs> <laughs> there was no banking system <laughs> that came in when we started to put a value on something and and realized, oh my gosh, this is like worth. Oh, who said that? You know, it's quite a um, money changed everything. It's a, bit hard to visual, it's a bit hard to visualise or imagine what a culture is like without money, I suspect, for us. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we can get it. We exists. <laughs> I think this is, there's a, um, a, a lot of interest in how they, that, you know, um, uh, the gift economy is one of the languages that's used, put forward, is how do we actually live, you know, with less attention to the exchange of a monetary, giving something a monetary value. And it changes so much around your practice when you realise, you know, you know, like a, you sell wild strawberries. Say, for instance, you're going to sell wild strawberries to your community. But how, the strawberry actually belongs to itself. <laughs> like how did you come to decide that they were yours first of all, and then that you could sell them, you know? So we, we've developed this financial economy and it's been quite detrimental to our way of sharing, the way we share in communities. Mm. I was thinking about the answer to that. How did you decide you owned it? Because you owned the land and you owned the seed and you put the seed in the ground, therefore you own the strawberry that results. <laughs> that's, that's the logic of it, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. But the yeah. strawberry actually belongs to itself, you know. But we don't think like that. We always think yeah. that we're, we're the dominant. So, But, you know, I know my ancestors would have gone, oh, I don't get that, I don't understand that, you know. If the earth of Papatuanuku gives me an abundance, then it's my responsibility to share it. I think you just I think you just had a key word there abundance because people often talk about the use of scarcity in our economy maybe even artificial scarcity to to drive things but it is it is an economy based on scarcity and you're talking about an economy based on abundance I think mm, 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 mm. abundance generates abundance <clears throat> that's the key for us is to relearn and re and have a lot more um faith around that Abundance generates abundance. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> That's a great phrase, actually. I've got to remember that one. Abundance generates abundance. <laughs> so if you have something and you can share, because share your abundance, um, there's, there's, a, there's a, a connection of, of wellness that yeah. you're also sharing. And what a, what a beautiful thing that is, you know? What a... Um, we can go forward and have a look at an economy that has less focus on on money. Uh, I think we would be definitely in a better and healthier place uh, and recognise the power of our own um, ab- ability to share, to share. I was trying to think if the, the description would be for our modern economy, which would be scarcity generates abundance for the owner. That's how. That's pretty. That sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. 
I'm sure other, a lot of other people, you know, because we're quite a focus in the, in, in the world economy, and um, I am absolutely certain people are looking at our land mass and going, dang, of course they have, wow, <laughs> have we have big uh, so-called properties yeah. compared to other countries? And they so they see it, they can see it as a, you know real estate. They can cut it up and have a bit of it. And we're all going, no, we need it. <laughs> That's an old story, that one in this country, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we're very blessed at this point yeah. in time. But yeah. I don't know, <laughs> people are going to come here and, and and really beg to live here. Hey, folks, we've been talking to Ngaranoa <laughs> Renata, and uh, we started off. Well, at some point, we were talking about plant medicine. We were. <laughs> um, and, and we've moved around, but it's always an interesting discussion. Yeah. Uh, now, last time I talked to you, uh, just before we go, you were potentially exploring the idea of doing your, your Māori language classes online. Well, people were trying to twist your arm to do it. Have, have they, they twisted that a little further? Well, I, I'm, I'm sitting today with that idea, and I will propose it to a parent body that I will be meeting with. Um, I I sense that we'll see because, yeah, and I will know um, by the end of the week what that rhythm will be, you know, as yeah. spe- the specifics because it's we, we're still in uncertain times For with sure. this whole contact and <laughs> and no hugging. Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. You can't but, hug on Zoom. You can't <laughs> hug on Zoom anyway. Oh, they're proposing that it's still yeah no yeah yeah maybe they'll make it no they'll make a hug a hug button. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a real solution, but I could see I could see someone doing it. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone inviting us to the a Zoom with a hug. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, All right. Okay. Well, look. Let's let's wrap up. Okay. Uh, and thank you for, for doing the Zoom thing. Yes. And who yes. knows where we'll be in two weeks' time. I certainly don't. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, yeah. you know, another um, a day. Let's pay attention to the day that we have before us. And, um, you know, kia haumaru, be safe, and consciously send our aroha out to to each other and to the world. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thank you for your time this morning. I killed her.